Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Claim Your Power podcast, the ultimate show for all things new age spirituality, entrepreneurship, and embodied leadership. I'm your host, Kim Peretz. I'm an author, entrepreneur, and yoga enthusiast. If you're ready to step up, tap into your gifts, and unleash your potential, you are at the right place. It's time to claim your power. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Nicole Marilyn on with me today. We're going to be talking all about intuition, tapping into our psychic abilities and all that. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. So the first question I have for you, I guess, is just to tell us about yourself. What is your journey of really becoming a spiritual mentor and a psychic medium? My journey has been unfolding for some time now. Um, I would say I really stepped into my gifts as a spiritual healer and a psychic and a medium kind of in like the last couple of years. I feel like for a lot of people, we have intuition or we kind of have these connections or maybe throughout our lives, we've felt really guided or protected. And I've always felt that way. I've had a very strong connection with spirit, with myself, Um, but my gifts really didn't kind of open up until I would say the last couple of years. And I think that's because I had to go through quite a bit of healing for myself to kind of get me to where I'm at now. So, um, a little bit about kind of my journey in that way is I went through, I would say my spiritual awakening kind of right after college. Um, I was in a really difficult abusive relationship in college that ended in his passing. So that was a really kind of chaotic and confusing time, especially for someone who is in college. I didn't have the tools to deal with that. I didn't know, you know, really what grief was. I had never experienced it before in my life. And so working through that, but also having the freedom of this relationship after, you know, five years, it was a lot that kind of hit me at at one time. So I went through that. That was kind of like a big breaking point in my life. And I really started to dive into, well, who am I outside of this relationship? Who am I now that I, you know, I'm kind of coming back to myself. Um, I feel like so many of us can get lost in relationships and circles of people and all of this that we go through as we get older. And so for me, I kind of came to this point in my early twenties of, well, who am I? What do I actually want to do? I'm not happy in my job. Like I'm not happy in all these different places. And so I really started to kind of go back with them. You mentioned that you were able to tap into your gifts. Do you want to kind of talk about what those gifts are and how you were able to reconnect with them? Yeah. So when I say gifts and, you know, we are all gifted. I think that's a really important thing to talk about. All of us have gifts. All of us have the ability to connect with our intuition, to connect with spirit guides, and to really kind of live in this space where we are guided throughout our lives. Um, And so when I talk specifically about my gifts and kind of the ones that I've developed over the years is I work as a psychic and a medium. So the word psychic is a little like, what does that mean? And I think that, you know, the way that I use the word psychic, it's kind of the same as intuitive. It's really just being able to tap into my own inner knowing, receive guidance from spirit and really connect with the universe, with spirit. And kind of on the flip side of that, the mediumship, that is my ability to really connect with loved ones who have passed away. So 
when I say gifts, um, I'm kind of talking about those different things, being really intuitive, kind of tapping into just my knowing and my trust with the universe and also being able to communicate with those that are not here. So how does that process go for you? Are you able to just do it at an instant or like, do you need to get into like this deep meditative state? Great questions. I love that. (laughs) So let's start at the beginning with kind of how it works. Um, So mediumship and intuitive healing or kind of working with intuition, they're very different, but also very much the same. So anyone can really have these abilities and tap into these abilities. So for me personally, I have, I trained in this. So I have different tools and experiences and things almost like rituals that I do to kind of get myself into a state where I am open to communication. Um, And I'm sure we'll go into this later, but there are a lot of things that we must do to protect ourselves, right? As we're kind of opening ourselves up to communicate with spirit or be open to guidance, you always want to connect with the light and not the dark. And there's a lot of, you know, interesting things out there. And I think that is something though, that people get a bit afraid of as they're like, spirits are bad, or that sounds scary. Or what if something bad comes to me? And one of the things I teach all of my students and my clients is, we are really in control of this experience. So I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'm hearing that that was important to kind of talk about is we are in control. And as long as you have really clear intentions, if you are protecting your energy, if you are really cleansing out your space from anyone else's energy, and you also say different things like, I only wish to connect to the light, then you're only going to connect in the light and be in that space. When it comes to clients, kind of your second question, great question. I love that, by the way. Um, When clients sign up for a reading, they're spiritually giving consent. However, before every client, I do ask for consent kind of with their spirit. So in the beginning of a reading, I will ask you normally to say your name three times. And when you do that, I'm kind of calling your energy in and bringing your energy into my space so that it can connect with it. And if you've done a reading with me, you'll know that I kind of pause for a little bit and I'm saying a couple prayers. I'm calling in your guides and I'm also asking your spirit if you would like to communicate. And so there is a lot of, you know, consent work and asking for permission and always making sure that it is a two-way road. um, And it's not just a one-sided, you know, forced situation. When I was younger, I think it was like probably from when I was like five to seven, Yeah, I would see spirits and there were like a lot of stories that my mom have told me of like me being like a super intuitive child. Like there's one story of my mom and my sister and I in the car and we're about to move houses and my mom I have an older sister and Mm -hmm. she was about to move schools and so my mom was thinking in her head like not out loud she was thinking oh maybe I'll throw her like a pool party or like some party so that she can meet new friends and then my mom told me that like after she thought that thought in her head five-year-old Kim was like no like I don't want people in my pool or something like that Mm -hmm. and my mom literally like stopped the car and was like what just happened and so what you were saying about like being open to that gift I feel like if we want to tap into our intuition and psychic abilities like it starts from our own power we're so powerful so if we believe that like we can't tap in we believe we don't have intuition that becomes our truth 
And so sometimes we'll like pick up on people's energies and I'll come back from like the gym and I'll just feel drained and I wouldn't understand why. And then I like think about it. I'm like, is that even my own energy or did I just pick up on something else? And so there's a lot of different affirmations that I've learned. Like even on, I saw a video on your TikTok that was like (laughs) shield up, right? Is that what you said about? Yeah, shields up. Shields up for your energy or like, I only welcome in energy of the highest good and things like that. I feel like that's so important. And I didn't realize how important it was until like a few months ago when I realized like I've been drained and I've been not setting clear boundaries about energy. You bring up such a great point. And I think this is so helpful for everyone listening. We are all exchanging energy at all times, you know, when we're exchanging energy, there's a lot of good that happens there. So you and I, we're exchanging energy. We're talking to each other. You know, we're probably also corded into each other because we're having that energy exchange. However, after this podcast, we're going to say goodbye and that cord will drop and we'll both get our energy back. And so sometimes I see a lot of cords in people that don't drop. And so not only that, not only are we picking up energy from our environment, the people we talk to, the videos that we watch, everything that we're doing, we also can have different cords of energy in with, you know, family members, people that we work with. There's so much that goes on with energy. And so when it comes to protecting your energy, it's good to do both things. It's good to protect and also cleanse. So that's kind of like a two-part thing, right? And there's a lot of simple ways you can protect your energy. And you brought up one of my favorite ones, shields up. So in the morning, something that I like to do, I mean, I do a lot of energy protection, but we'll, you know, we'll keep it simple for the listeners today. Um, Something that I love to do when I get up in the morning is I say the words shields up. You don't have to say it out loud. You can when you're first starting to kind of get used to saying it. I used to have it on like my alarm. So every time I would turn my alarm off, I would see shields up. And what are you doing when you're saying that? You're putting up a protective energy shield that's surrounding your aura, which is that energy that lies all around us. And it kind of creates this layer of protection so that energy doesn't have such an easy time getting in and out. And if you want to take that a step further, which is something that I also like to do, is I like to just kind of close my eyes and I'll paint a gold line of energy all around my aura. And what this does is it seals your energy in for you. And it also creates, again, another protective layer of energy all around your space. So those are two really easy ways to protect your energy. And There's a lot, of course, there's so many different other ways to do it, but those are two really simple ones that anyone can try at home. And when it comes to cleansing, so after you went to the gym and you were like, oh, I just like feel drained. I feel weird. Like other people's energy has to be in my space. Something that I would do is I would do a couple things. One, you can simply say, you can maybe close your eyes, put your hand over your heart and say, I ask for any energies that are not of my own or my highest and greatest good to leave my space now. We don't realize the power that our words have. And that kind of brings me back to that idea that we are in control. And so we can talk about, you know, words as a use of manifestation or creating our reality, but it also can be a self-healing that we can go through. When you say those words, when you set that intention, when you put that hand over the heart and just take a deep breath and release all of that energy, it actually does shift your space. It actually does cleanse that energy. Another thing you can do is, do that same thing in the shower and have the water kind of wash everything away as you're taking that shower, almost like creating this like magical shower experience that's giving you a healing. So those are also two easy ways to cleanse. 
and protect. And so why are we doing this? We're doing this so that we can feel better throughout our day, so that we don't feel so drained and heavy in our energy because every single one of my clients that I see that come to me, one of the most common things that happens when I tune into their energy is they have other people's energy in their space. It's probably like eight out of 10 times I'm clearing anyone else's energy first out of their aura, out of their body. And then we can kind of dig in and see, you know, what's going on underneath. What else can we work on today? And so that shows me that we're really always absorbing as humans. We're like these sponges. We're just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. And so it's really important to take your power back and to really protect your space, cleanse out other people's energy, and even just start becoming aware of how you feel around different people, around different places, what's taking from you, what's pulling from you, what's draining you. And then how do you feel around places that feel really good and supportive? I think coming back to this idea that we're all intuitive, you know, speaking those words, saying that out, you know, out loud, and also even just becoming aware of how you feel energy. You don't even have to believe in energy to know that if you walk into a room and you can feel something's off, that's you picking up on energy. And I think saying it like that and giving those examples helps people be like, oh, I can feel that. Oh, I, I can do that. Okay, maybe I am intuitive. I think it's a really important lesson for people to start becoming aware of. And it doesn't even have to be spiritual if you don't want it to be. I think you can look at, and I'm sure that everyone here is probably thinking, oh yeah, there is that friendship that is, you know, it's a little draining and it's hard. It feels like it's taking so much from me and I'm not getting that much back. And I think doesn't have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to be woo-woo. Just having that awareness of the things that really fuel you and the things that also take you is such a big change to make in your life. And once you take action on those things, and I'll speak from my experience, once I really started to kind of shed the, the people, the experiences, the jobs, all the things that were really draining me, it got easier it got easier to see the difference between the two. It got easier to say yes to the things that were really fueling me versus draining me. The lines I feel like are a bit blurred when you're in it. And then once you make the decision, it gets so much easier. And then you're like, I don't want to go back to that. Yes, totally. I also wanted to add this idea that if you are stuck in some sort of friendship or you're stuck in a place where you don't want to be around certain people, we, I believe, this is my personal belief, is that like we have the power to change and influence the energy in the room. We have a choice in everything and we can choose to believe that we don't and that's on us, but we can choose to change the frequency of every decision in our life and say, okay, we have a choice. I'm choosing the higher route. It's so true. And that comes back to just remembering your power and remembering your power in day-to-day life, remembering your power over your energy, your frequency, how you show up, the choices that you make, and also your power when it comes to connecting spiritually and trusting your intuition. You know, if we bring it back to intuition, intuition is also a choice. You can choose to trust it. You can choose to believe in it. You can choose to be intuitive or not. And I think shifting your energy when it came to school, it probably made it go by so much quicker. And it was a lot more ease because you made that decision to change your energy and change how you really approach that situation. I think the victim mentality is something that a lot of people go through because it's 
easier to do that. It's hard to, you know, be like, okay, what is my decision in this moment? And how can I shift my energy here? And it takes a lot of people many, many years to get to that place. But I do feel like as a collective, people are starting to accept energy and learn more about energy and learn more about the power of our thoughts and our mindset. And I do think that there is a shift happening in that. And I am excited about that because even just hearing you speak, you know, I had none of that clarity when I was your age. And so it's so beautiful to see kind of these younger generations really wanting this and wanting to, you know, take their power back and be able to be in control of their energy and use these tools and seek out spiritual mentors and really have this acceptance of this new wave. And it's really, really exciting. Totally. Okay. So moving on, I have a question for you and that's how can people listening easily like an introduction to tapping into their own intuition and psychic abilities? Yes. So first, let's talk a little bit about intuition. Like, what is intuition? Um, The way that I really talk about intuition is it's that inner knowing. It's that inner guidance. It's that connection that we all have to the universe, our spirit team, um, and just kind of this through line throughout our lives that we can always really turn back to. It's not conscious thought. It's not analytical. It's not all of that, that we're overthinking. There's data, fear, all of that is, I'm pointing kind of to my right side because the way that I teach intuition is, you know, your analytical mind versus your intuition, they're two different systems within the body. And so first kind of identifying the two of them, how do my thoughts feel? And are my thoughts driven by fear? Is there anxiety there? And how kind of when we come over to that right side, that analytical mind, how does that feel? How does that speak to me? Kind of what's coming through over there? And then on the flip side of that, I think everyone can probably think back to a time where they had an intuitive hit or they knew to, you know, turn right down the street versus left, or they knew that they needed to make this decision over that decision or go over here. And so kind of thinking back to maybe a point in your life where you had some sort of knowing and kind of feel into that. You know, when you get a knowing, when you maybe do an intuition test, if I'm sure everyone sees those on TikTok, when you do these things that kind of spark your intuition, how do those feel? So coming back again to, you know, intuition versus your analytical mind, your inner critic, as I like to call it, and kind of the doubts, the fears, how all of those things come through. I think one of the most important and really an easy place to start is identifying, like I said, how the two come through and how they sound for you. And so if you're like, well, I don't know how my intuition comes through. I've never experienced that before. Something that I think is fun that you can play with is before you make a decision in your day, maybe it's what you want to eat for breakfast. Instead of thinking about the logical okay, I should probably eat eggs today, you know, and not a smoothie. Instead of thinking of the logical of what you should do, I want you to stand, you know, in front of your fridge or your pantry, whatever, and ask your heart, ask your body, what should I eat for breakfast today? And notice what comes through. Do you get like a craving for something? Do do you get like a smell of something? Does something pop into your head? And then act on that, try that, eat that thing, and then see how that feels. And you can use your intuition in little ways like that throughout your day. And I think that's a really good place to, one, start asking your body, yourself, your inner knowing, start acting on it. So you're creating that trust with your intuition. 
And then you can almost start kind of playing with that throughout your day and see how that feels. How does it feel to trust, you know, that, that inner knowing that body, I keep pointing to my heart because for me, my intuition doesn't come from my head. It doesn't come from maybe those cycling thoughts or any fear or anxiety. And I, I always kind of go like this when I'm talking about anxiety or fear inner critic, because to me, mine's very loud and it kind of circles and it spirals. And there's a specific sound to when I'm in fear or when I'm having an anxious thought versus my intuition, it feels more grounded in the body. It's a bit softer. And so coming back to that practice, try, you know, asking your body, asking yourself, asking your intuition, not your analytical mind. What should I have for breakfast today? What should I wear today? Which way should I go on my walk? Should I go right or should I go left? And start to see kind of how your body and how those answers come through for you. Yes, I totally agree. I have a funny story about that, that (laughs) the other day I was like walking around with my friends And it was really cold and we were like in this downtown area, but then we were like, we really want ice cream. And there was like an ice cream shop down the street. And Mm then we were all like, oh, it's like so cold though. Like we should turn around, like we're not going to eat ice cream. But then after we said that, we were like, no, we're just going to like keep walking because that's what we intuitively wanted to do. And this is like with two of my very spiritual friends that are very into intuition as well. And so we're like, okay, intuitively, like we want ice cream. So we go and we just keep going. And then we make it to the store and they're giving out free ice cream that day (laughs) for like customer appreciation. And we're all like, we're so happy that we went because we would have paid like five bucks on another day. And then this time we got it for free. And I don't know, it's just like, was a lesson for me from the universe. It's like, trust your intuition because abundance is everywhere and you can tap into it all the time. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just a fun story. But I did want to ask you another question that was actually about spirit guides. So you said you do mediumship and things like that. How can someone who's completely unfamiliar, like has had no contact with their spirit guides, dive into that practice themselves? Yeah. So first, before I dive into that, I just want to say, That story is the perfect example of what I was just talking about. The analytical mind was telling you it's cold. We shouldn't have ice cream. It's cold outside. What are we doing? You know, that analytical mind, those thoughts, but you followed that intuition. And so you got rewarded. There was a reason why you were drawn to go there because there was free ice cream. So I, that is, I love that so much. And that's just, I think that really lays out for people the analytical thought of it's cold, we shouldn't do this versus the intuition of, but I can feel it. I want it. So let's do it. And it was free. So I just had to share that because I think that's amazing. So spirit guides. Yes. If you are new to spirit guides and when it, when it comes to spirit guides, um, there's a lot of pre-programming that we carry around spirit. I know we talked a little bit about this earlier, you know, you used to see spirit and maybe you had some fear around it. Um, and so one sec, can you hear that construction when um, I'm talking? A little bit, but not really. Like it's fine. Okay. It's like Just really you know. loud for me. So I didn't know if that was loud for you. No, it's mainly okay. picking up on your voice. So you're good. I'll just edit okay. it out. So you're good. Okay, good. Sorry. <laughs> you're good. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, so many of us come in and have pre programming around spirit. I mean, you look around at pop culture and spirits are bad, spirits are scary. You know, they're in scary movies and there's just so much fear around spirit. And so, something that I see in a lot of people is they want to connect with their spirit guides, but 
internally, they carry a lot of fear around spirit and mostly around seeing a spirit. So one of the biggest things I want to share is if you don't want to see spirit, you're not going to see spirit. That comes back to, you know, us being in charge, us being in our power and us being in control. So if you want to really start opening yourself up to working with your spirit guides and you're really afraid of seeing them, something you can say is thank you so much for your guidance. I am open to receive messages, guidance, and love, but I don't wish to see you. So that again is kind of sending out to your guides, your the universe that you're open to the guidance, you're open to starting to connect and work with them, but you don't want to see them. And I'm sharing that first because I'm feeling like there's a few listeners who are like, I want to do this, but I'm really scared to see them. So you won't see them if you don't want to. If you do, that's a whole nother story. So one of my favorite ways to start working with spirit is just start communicating with them. You know, we all have a spirit team and they're almost like your little cheerleading team. You have some spirit guides that have been with you since before you were born, kind of when you were in the womb. You have some guides who come in in different seasons, depending on, you know, what you're moving through in your life. You also have guides who you can call on to support you in different things. So we have this team of unlimited support and love with us. And I think it's something that if everyone was able to work with their spirit guides, like, we would have an amazing time here. Like, I feel like people would feel so much more supported, not so alone. They would feel like even if they make a mistake or something feels hard, like they're going to get through it. They're going to move through it because that's what working with their spirit guides do. So my number one tip is just start communicating. And you're not, it's not weird to start talking to them. Just start talking to them. And you don't have to know who they are. You don't have to know their names. You don't have to know how many of them there are. I think we really get hung up on, you know, well, who is it? I want to talk to them. I want to see them. Like, I want to know all these details. And that's very analytical, right? Talking about analytical versus intuition. That's very human of us to be like, I need to know everything. Versus if you want to start talking to them, if you want to start connecting, Simply say, first off, I only wish to connect to the light and then just start telling them about your day. I, always, I teach in my um, intuition course, Awaken, you know, just take them out for coffee, like how you would a friend, right? If you met a friend for the first time, you would go to coffee, maybe you would get dinner, you guys would hang out, you would talk, you would chat. And so you can work with your spirit guides in the same way. So start telling them about your day. Tell them that about something that was really difficult that you like support on. And then you can take it a step further and ask for a sign. When it comes to signs, you know, people think of angel numbers, which is one of the most common signs. And if you are seeing angel numbers, acknowledge them and thank your guides for them because it is a sign coming through. And so when you're having these conversations, you can ask for a sign around something specific and even just to kind of test out if, you know, they're listening to you or if they're there, or if you're a little bit skeptical, ask for something crazy, like, I don't know, a specific yellow bird. And I'm telling you, I guarantee if you're open to it, you'll see it. That's a really simple way. Start communicating with them, start talking to them, be open to their guidance. And you can also start asking for signs as well. Okay. I have a lot to say about what you said. So yeah. first of all, I have so many stories coming through today. I don't know, but Great. the first time that I started communicating with my spirit guides or like the universe in general, when I was kind of like, oh, does it exist? Like, do, can I even communicate? I asked for a sign. And I, were, I remember I was like in my kitchen and I said out loud, no one was home. And I was like, universe, if I'm on the right path, 
show me a menorah. Do you know what a menorah is? Yeah, I'm yeah. Jewish. Oh, cool. Okay, so I grew up Jewish too. <laughs> But I was very specific. I was like, I don't want to see like a normal menorah in someone's house. I want to see like a random menorah, like randomly. And so then I was like, okay, I put it out. I'm going to let it go, go on without, with my day because I'm not going to be attached to the outcome. So I went with my day. And then I was driving in the car with my boyfriend and we got to an intersection. And right when I stopped, a car passed by like right in front of me with a menorah, like a huge menorah on its roof. Oh my and, God. And we were both like, what just happened? And it was so crazy. And then from there on, out, I was like, okay, universe, I know you exist. Like I know I have spirit guides. And that kind of like started my journey. That was about like a year and a half ago. Another thing I wanted to mention is you were talking about like, if everyone was connected with their spirit guides, earth would be so much more fun. And that, I don't know, that just reminded me that like, we're all kind of in earth school right now, like our souls, we're all here to learn. And so it gives me great comfort to realize like, I didn't come down to earth alone. Like I believed, I don't know if this is like something that you agree with or resonate with, but I believe that our soul chose to be here during this time, especially during this massive shift in consciousness. But I believe that we all chose to come here, but that's why I believe we have spirit guides is like, we didn't just get sent down here alone because earth is such a polarized planet, but it's like, we need to have those tools. And so if you're someone listening, that's like, I feel so alone and I feel misguided. You are never alone. Even if it feels like it, you can always tap into that energetic, like amazing energy. And it's always there. It's just the matter of, are you open to tapping into it? I love that. And I mean, it's so it's so wonderful, especially when you're first starting out to ask for a sign and then receive it like that. It is probably one of the most powerful experiences. And so if you're skeptical about everything we're talking about today, do it. Ask for the most ridiculous thing ever, like something that you are like, there's no way this will come through unless it is from spirit. And also, I think the thing that you mentioned is really key. You let it go. You let go of the outcome. You didn't attach to it. You didn't look for it. And that's something when it comes to signs and like working with your guides is we as humans get so attached. We're attached to the timeline. We're attached to what it needs to look like. We're attached to when it needs to come through. And that's a big reason why a lot of people struggle sometimes with manifestation is we're so attached. So when it comes to manifestations, working with your guides, asking for a sign, asking for guidance, you have to be able to really trust and let the outcome go and be open to receive the guidance, the sign, whatever it is, however it's meant to come through. And that takes us back to divine timing. But yeah, what you said, like we are here, we're here on earth and all of us are having our own unique experience. And we all came through with lessons, with karma, with all of these things for us to kind of unfold for ourselves and evolve with and grow from and learn from and experience and excavate. So we're all here learning and we all have a support team guiding us through the whole thing. And it's really, I feel like so empowering when you give yourself the opportunity to connect in that way, but it all just come back from just your openness and your willingness. Um, And, you know, so as you start connecting and opening up, 
if you feel dif- a difficulty, if you feel resistance to it, that's okay. That just means there's something there for you to clear or heal. And again, that could come back to programming from, you know, generational and your ancestors, from your other generations, from childhood, from things that you were taught when you were young, um, from things from past lives. Like there's so much that we carry within. And so if you're feeling resistance, but you're really excited and open and wanting to explore this work, that's where the healing component can come in for you to start even on your own, you know, going into meditation and asking for what is the belief that's holding me back? You know, why can't I get through this and what's coming up for me and what can I heal? And that's kind of where working with maybe a healer or even doing it on your own in meditation and asking those questions can be really powerful to take you to the next level. Yes, totally. Another question that I had for you though, is is there a difference between spirit guides and angels or are they all the same? And also when you have ancestors or family that passes through to the other side, do they mm-hmm. become your spirit guides and angels as well? Great question. So I think different people have different perspectives on this. The way that I've experienced it is, and the way that I also teach is spirit guide is kind of like this overarching term. And so an angel in my perspective is considered a spirit guide. Um, And so there's different kinds of spirit guides. There's ascended masters. You can work with different archetypes, goddesses, there's angels, um, there's archangels. There's a lot of different types of spirit guides, which is kind of that, again, like that umbrella, that like overarching name or topic or theme. Um, And so, yes, an angel can be a spirit guide of yours. However, even if they're not, you know, on your spirit team, you can still call them in and you can still have them around you and be with you. Uh, When it comes to, you know, your loved ones who have passed, I, it's different. So sometimes with some people, um, if they have a certain, there could be this soul connection between, let's say a grandparent and, you know, their grandchild. And when that grandparent passes, they can become a spirit guide, but I don't see it all the time. However, when I say spirit guide, I mean, they can become, you know, they can become a spirit guide for you, but they might not be a part of the spirit team, which is kind of confusing to explain. So we all have our spirit team, but we can also work with other spirit guides, if that makes sense. So if you have a loved one who passes, they're probably going to be around you. They're probably going to be giving you guidance. They're probably going to be some sort of a spirit guide with you, but they might not necessarily be a part of that spirit team. When I mention the spirit team, it's kind of more this like specific group of guides that you either have had for some time. They come kind of in and out with different seasons. And when a loved one passes, they're also working with a lot of people at a lot of time usually because they're kind of traveling to all the family members and meeting with everyone and making sure everyone knows that they're okay. Even if the family members aren't open to it or receive it. I see that a lot um, whenever I connect in more of a mediumship sense that that loved one, they're always trying to come and make sure everyone knows that they're okay. And I think that's something that always comes through and it's just really beautiful to hear too. My grandpa passed away, I think two and a half years ago. And I don't know if he's part of my spirit team, as you say, but I did have a very strong connection to him when he passed away. I think like out of all my siblings and my family, like I took it super hard. And so 
I feel like he has been this sense of light and guide for me. So when I'm going through certain situations, I don't know, I just call him in. Obviously, I call in my spirit guides, but I know when I'm like going through a difficult, difficult situation, I just call him in. And whether or not he's part of my spirit team, if you're someone who has a loved one that is on the other side, it's given me a lot of sense of comfort and hope to know that even if he's not my spirit team and he's up doing whatever he wants, floating through the cosmos and the astral, like I know that if I call him from down here, he'll come. So I guess if anyone is listening and has a loved one and you're not connected to your spirit guides, you're not resonant with all those things that we're talking about. If you have a loved one, you can always turn to them. I don't know. It's given me a sense of comfort and hope. But another thing I wanted to ask you about spirit guides is when you work with people's spirit guides, how many like spirit guides do people usually have? That's a great question. First, I want to talk about what you said with your grandpa, because I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Um, you know, if they're a part of your spirit team or not, it doesn't matter because they are a guide for you and you can call them in. And there is this specialness to calling in a loved one. Um, there's a light to it. There's a comfort, there's a warmth and they do come in and they do want to be with you and they are watching, they are around and they are okay. So, you know, like you said, just if anyone's listening who has lost someone that they love, don't be afraid to ask them to come and be with you. Don't be afraid to call them in and say that you really need their love and to show you that they're with you. I think that's something that people don't do is, you know, they just hope that they're around, but you can ask them to show you whether it's through a sign, a memory, a song, a smell even. Um, And I think that's really important because the spirit team, the spirit guide thing can get a little confusing and it doesn't actually matter, right? It doesn't really matter. There aren't that many rules. You know, you can call in whoever you want. And I think that's another piece of the power, right? We have the power, we have the control. We can call in a hundred guides if we really want. So going back to your question, it really depends. It depends on the person. It depends on what they're working through. Um, I mean, I always call in, I always call in like my group of guides to be with me. And then I usually just ask for my client's guides to come in. There's always around at least two, I would say. Um, there's never like that. Like there's never like, I mean, sometimes uh, usually there's, I'm actually thinking to a reading I did today and she had a lot of angels. So sometimes when I'm doing more like deep healing work, there's like a lot of angels that will come through and maybe like two guides who are kind of sitting with them. I've had fairies come through. Like there's so many things that can come through. And I think it does come back to each person has a unique experience. They have a unique team of guides and the guides that show up are usually for different reasons, kind of depending on what we're going through in the healing. Do you ever tap into animal guides? Yeah. Um, sometimes in a session, there will be an animal guide that comes through. Um, I receive a lot of signs as well through animals, um, hummingbirds and butterflies. And, you know, when it comes to animals, they also communicate with energy too. They feel energy, right? I don't know if you have like a cat or a dog at home, but anytime I'm upset or if there's something going on with my energy, my cat knows and she's with me. And that's no coincidence. They're not talking to us, right? They can't speak English, so we think, but they can feel our energy. And so there's a lot of guides and guidance, I should say, that can come through with animals. And so in your experience with those butterflies, I'm hearing that that's just beautiful validation and kind of this energy of, okay, like we're here with you. You have this guidance, you have this love. Um, Something else too, 
you know, as you start opening up, you really become more aware of, I'd say, the world around you. And so maybe you would have had a butterfly come around you before, but you weren't really aware or tapped in. And so I feel that as you kind of move through, whether it's a spiritual awakening or you just kind of start opening yourself up to signs and to the possibility of connecting with a guide, you'll start to notice cool things in your space, whether that's a hummingbird that comes and just kind of sits right in front of you and you notice that for the first time or, you know, a really bright and beautiful colored flower that you've never seen before. So all of those things, I think, are really just energy alignment and also guidance and kind of little winks from the universe, I like to say. Um, But yeah, also too, I'll add to that. I think as you kind of start opening up and connecting, you'll start to notice that either animals might be more attracted to you. You might like see more animals. You might kind of feel more connected to animals. Um, We can definitely communicate with animals. It's not this like far out woo woo thing because it's all energy and it's also telepathy and kind of using our energy and emotions to communicate. So, but butterflies, those are a beautiful, beautiful sign and one that I always cherish very much. And especially as they kind of go around you like that, it just, it feels good. And another thing to add to that real quick is how did you feel with that, right? When you received the sign, how did you feel? And that's the most important thing. People rush to the internet to go and Google everything that they can. And I think it's even more valuable to sit with when I saw that yellow butterfly land on my hand, you know, what did I feel in that moment? What did that mean to me? And receiving the sign with your intuition, that's another way to tap into your intuition, asking yourself and your intuition what that sign means first before, you know, Googling what is the meaning of a yellow butterfly and getting swarmed with everyone else's ideas and opinions too. Well, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining me and sharing your wisdom. I had a great conversation with you. I know this was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Beautiful souls, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram if you have any topic suggestions for future episodes or if you would like to apply to be a guest on the show. I hope you feel inspired to claim your power today. Bye!